brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so, large device or small, on your favorite podcatcher, GPB, the GPB YouTube channel, GPB Sports, on the the GPB Sports app, available iOS and Android. John here, Hannah there. Mm -hmm. And this week's guest, I'm just going to say it was a hoot to have uh, this particular guest on. It was a hoot. It was a hoot. It was just a straight hoot. It was a hoot. We had Jackson County head coach Rich McWhorter on. Yep. And... He is He's just as up. excited as he is would be like if he was a first-time head coach. I yeah. mean, he is just thrilled. 29 years at Charlton County. This is his third season mm-hmm. at Jackson County. and uh, for Third those, season, best season. So, And for those that don't know uh, geography, and I'm having to go back to my, my Georgia history class here, it's the same county that Jefferson High School is in, for those of you that know geography that way. So it's up I-85 toward Chateau Alon, past Chateau Alon, and then you turn right mm-hmm. on Brazelton. And it's like it's Mill Creek and Winder Barrow, but more northeast. Okay. So it's like right there in that little... I know Chateau Alon, so yeah. you, you had me there. So that, that section of uh, Barrow County and Gwinnett County, it's right there. Jackson County is like right there in that little notch. And so it's not quite Jefferson High School for the city school, it's the county school for that particular county in Jackson County. So Rich McWhorter got his 300th win this past week, and so it was great to catch up with him to kind of ask about how things are at his new gig in that third season there at Jackson County in a region that is a mess Yeah, going into the last week of the regular season. Yeah. Can't wait for you guys to hear that interview. I'm going to use some of John's words. No dilly, no dally. No dilly, no dally. We have so much to get to on the podcast today. Okay. Let's start by recapping our Football Friday game of the week. It was Calhoun versus Cartersville at Weinman Stadium. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much domination by the Purple Hurricanes the whole game. Senior Amari White rushed for 185 yards on 28 carries and caught his second career touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. They were up 14 to nothing at the half, John. Never trailed in the 21 to 14 win. Um, with the win, Cartersville remains undefeated at 9 and 0, 5 and 0 in region play and clinched the region 7-5A title. And it was great to have all of you there with me in the downpour. Yes. It was it was mm-hmm. tremendous to have each and every one of you there yes. sharing the experience with me, knowing that you, Matt and Wayne got as wet as I did. <laughs> and as as wet as the crew that was there at Wineman Stadium in Cartersville. As jealous of you as I am of being in the atmosphere of the Friday Night Lights. I wasn't jealous then. I am never going back. Mm-mm. I get to be in the cozy studio. I mean, it's chilly in the studio, but it's cozy. It's dry. But I, to, I yeah. just, yeah. watching you just get soaked out there just uh-huh. brought me back PTSD. <laughs> so, so Commander Sandy, so she's basically saying that there is no way that she will ever, and I mean I ever. Mean, I think... If I need, if my paycheck, I think that's what she said. It. I think she said never. She said never. Yeah. So she's never going outside ever again. Oh. And and you know it was it, it, the mother nature couldn't make up her mind what she wanted to do. It would be it would be a downpour at one point, and then it would be like not doing anything the next minute, and that would be when the passing game would pick up, and that was and legitimately this is mm-hmm. what happened. No lie. 
it was raining for most of the first half. It was seven nothing defensive game, and you had two great defenses. And I, I will still maintain that Calhoun as a two seed will give folks problems yeah. in the playoffs in five A. But literally, last drive of the first half, the rain quit, and you get that touchdown pass right there to make it fourteen nothing right before the half. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was that extra piece of momentum that Connor Foster needed to get into the half. And then you end up with. Uh, Uh, 21-7, and then it was a long touchdown pass. Cole Spear finally getting involved Mm -hmm. in the Calhoun offense to make it 21-14. They hang on. So what what you saw was two great defenses, first and foremost. And then you saw from Cartersville a different way for them to win a game. And I had mentioned this on the air that I think that, I don't know, it must just be the games that we have on GPB where you're not putting up 50 or 60 points if you're Cartersville. Mm -hmm. You're winning grinders, and I think you need to do that, obviously, to get success in the postseason. But the fact that you can win games in different ways, I think it speaks well to Cartersville, obviously being the top-ranked team in 5A. Yeah, we've had a lot of games similar to this on our our airwaves this year. Next up for both of them is the playoffs, though. That is correct. Region, done. One and two. One and two. And Done. Yes. Three and four. And Blessed Trinity is the three in that region okay. after they beat Cass 34-13. BT was up 34 nothing at the half. Justice Haynes had 190 and two on 11 carries last week. Nice. All right. Well, it is November. Yeah, November. Cannot believe I'm saying that. I had to do that in like an official voice. You know, it's like. Uh, is that the November voice, November. John? November. <laughs> it, it's like NFL films or something. It's like, it's November. I like that. November, November. And it's like a sale or something that's going on. It's postseason football coming up around the corner. You have to do it in that authoritative playoff Love voice. It. You have to do it that way. Well, I'm going to make you use your November voice for the whole rest of this next segment. Okay. I'm, All right. <laughs> I'm just joking. All right. So, I feel like we're at countdown to kickoff and she's punishing me again. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do that. That is the punishment. Thursday on Countdown to Kickoff. If to you do, say I have the to, word, okay, if, whatever the word if is. If you say the word, you have to talk in your November voice. November. For the okay. rest of the show. All right. That's amazing. Right. That's done. That's another <laughs> thing I don't have to think about this right, week. There you go. So week 11's in the books. Yes. 32 teams have clinched region championships. Seven teams clinched the week before. Mm-hmm. So we, we've already so talked about like 30% them. 30% of the region champs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already talked about them extensively. So we'll, we'll stick to some of the teams that won this past Friday. One more week to go in the regular season. Let's talk about who's in sure. and who's out. Okay. So starting with who's in yep. and starting with 7A, yep. Lowndes, North Cobb, Brookwood, Collins Hill are in. Mm-hmm. Collins Hill with the big win over Mill Creek. Brookwood, we saw them on Football Fridays two weeks ago, and they solidified their region championship. North Cobb with their win. They're in now. Also, Lowndes is uh, your 17 a mm-hmm. champ. And you look at those you look at those four teams, and I know that a lot of folks were looking at those four thinking, okay, they're going to be pushing toward game 15, and a lot of folks, Matt Stewart specifically, thought that Brookwood could be at least a quarterfinal team with the way the bracket could be working out. So interesting stuff out of 7A. 6A, Lee County and Hughes are in? Yep, Lee County, not a surprise. They got the big win, and that region is also done. Next mm-hmm. up for them is the playoffs. It was a north side with their win over Houston County. Northside is the two coming out of Region 1. Houston County is the three. Valdosta's season is done. So the region opponent champion will get a first-round bye because there's no four coming out of Region 1. Yeah, final score in that one, 13-6, to six, Lee County versus Valdosta. Winning a grinder. It didn't, it didn't mean anything, but it always feels good to beat the Wildcats. 
you know, if you're, you know, if you're in that particular thing, and the Wildcats, no postseason, so mm-hmm. this was what they were doing. They were trying to make the point. We heard from Shelton Felton last yep. week on Countdown to Kickoff. Name about, new head coach. Yeah, and officially official, no longer officially the, official. the uh, mm-hmm. interim. And what you're trying to do is you make make life as difficult as possible for everybody else if you're Valdosta. And I think that for Lee County, you got to see once again that you can win a game that's put in the grinder. If you're only going to win 13-6, you have to win those kind of games too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, 5A, it's Ware County, Villarica, Cartersville, and Clark Central. And that region is done. Uh, region 1 also. Uh, they still have some stuff to play for. I think the 2 and the 3 uh, is settled because of uh, Warner Robins beating Coffee this past week. So it's Ware, Warner Robins, Coffee, unless something happens with veterans in the last week of the regular season, and Wayne County winless as well. So keep an eye on the 4 with veterans to figure out how the three and the four are going to go in region one. But right now it's Ware, Warner Robbins, Coffee, and veterans. You're one, you're two, you're three, and you're four at a region one. Good work from Bill Ricca and Tim Barron in his first season. Mm-hmm. Cartersville, we got to see them on football Fridays Twice. in Clark Central as we were as we were talking. They clinched uh, region championship a couple weeks ago. All right, in Quad A, Bainbridge, Carver Columbus, Benedictine in Region 3. Love Benedictine this year. Mm-hmm. And in Region 8, North Oconee with the upset of the week yeah, over I th- Jefferson. I think so. And a lot of folks were looking at Jefferson being Region Champ, getting to the last game of the year, and being right there in the discussion in Quad A. But North Oconee knocking them off in, in once again, a very, very low-scoring defensive game. North Oconee's your Region Champ. So a lot of things are going to have to go through uh, the Titans' home stadium. And Jefferson, they'll get that first-round home game, but they're going to have to do the rest of it on the road unless there's coin flips with two seeds going through. So that was a huge win for North Oconee, and it sets up more of a difficult run to the championship if you're Jefferson. Another one of those grinders, final score 11-6 to mm-hmm. in that one. Yep. Wasn't it? Wasn't I think it was. It was like nine three at one point. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was really really low scoring at the half, and then you just. I think it was actually. I think it was eleven points at the half. So it was scoreless second half for North Oconee, but they got the Duke. Triple A, Crisp County, Liberty County, Thompson, Thompson, and Cherokee Bluff. Great work by Coach Jones. Philip Jones's brother, by the way, is the head coach at Cherokee Bluff, and they've been building over the last handful of years, and now you're seeing region championships there at Cherokee Bluff, Crisp. In that that region that goes up and down, love to see Chris back in it. I seventy five. A lot of folks, Miguel Patrick in his first season at Crisp, getting the Duke there, and so a lot of folks looking at, at that I seventy five region. They're going to be causing some problems. Crisp and Peach definitely are going to be causing some problems for folks in the postseason. Great work by Liberty County to get in, and Thompson with their uh, their win last week, they get the region champ as well. Six teams clinching region titles in Double A: Thomasville, Swainsboro, Bleckley County, Putnam County, Harrelson County, Raven. County? Yeah, and quickly, Thomasville's win over Fitzgerald gave that to them in Region 1. Swainsboro's win over Jeff Davis gave that to them in Region 2. Jeff Davis will be the two-seed. Fitzgerald will be the two-seed. Bleckley County ran the table. They're undefeated coming out of Region 3. Putnam County, great work in Eatonton this year for Putnam County. Harrelson County and Scott Peavy in one of the more difficult regions. Five teams chasing after four spots traditionally. Their win over Callaway early in the year. It was a blowout win over Callaway early in the year. I think it was a wake-up call in Region 5. Ray Raven County, we've seen Gunnar Stockton. You got to talk to him last week on Recruiting 2021. I did. And uh, Interviewer of the Stars got to catch up with Gunnar Stockton, and it was a big win for them to solidify their region title five teams, four spots. Yeah, 56-14 to 14 over Union County. And, hey, Gunnar Stockton broke another record. He had already broken Deshaun, Watzer, Deshaun Watson. Yes. Excuse Deshaun me. Deshaun Watson's record. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I don't know who Deshaun Watson is. I legitimately don't. That's I've never heard Watson of that That's Watson and record yes. together. Yes. You didn't know. 
Deshaun Watson. Crew. <laughs> That's an inside joke, John. Yes, it no is. No one knows what that means. Well, we'll explain it later. Um, his record for the Georgia State total touchdowns. Yes. So rushing, passing. And so he's then, still going, by the so way. Then, so then Friday he broke the state's passing touchdown record with 161, previously set by Trevor Lawrence. We're not even to the postseason no, yet. No, we're not. And postseason counts in these records too, right? Yeah. And So, so this I mean, is just insane. You're still going to have a lot of numbers, and it's going to be the numbers at the end of this that's going to be the, the fun part of the discussion for Gunnar Stockton. All right. Yep. Yeah, go go check out that interview. He was a little bit more quiet-spoken, soft-spoken mm-hmm. than, I, than I thought. Had to ask him a lot of questions to meet my four-minute mark. Hey, you got you got to make sure you have those other questions in the bullpen yeah, ready to go. It was great to talk to him, Georgia Commit. All right, moving right along. Class single-A private, first Presbyterian, Holy Innocence, mm-hmm. Fellowship Christian, and Darlington. Yeah, FPD gets the win there in Region 1, Holy Innocent with, Holy Innocence with their win over Wesleyan. That was another low-scoring game. Holy Innocence gets uh, their region championship. Fellowship Christian, big loss early in the year by Fellowship to Trinity Christian. And a lot of folks are looking at Trinity as making it to the last game of the year with Coach Dallas. Fellowship, the first year for Tim McFarlane there at Fellowship. And, you know, we've talked to Coach McFarlane on the postgame show on Football Fridays in Georgia. Very, very young team. Takes a while for them to get adjusted to how things are with a new head coach and so on. And so you're seeing Fellowship now as a region champ. Darlington up in northwest Georgia out of Region 7 gets the, the region champ there as well. Class single-A public. Pelham, Irwin County, Bowden, and Georgia Military? Yeah, GMC Prep. And it's uh, a lot of history there. First, I think, first 10-win season since the 1930s. First region title since 19, the 1960s. Wow. Great story out of GMC Prep. Uh, Pelham with their uh, win over Mitchell County. I think Pelham's the one, Mitchell County's the two. Irwin in the region of Doom, their win really coming out of the blocks. I think week one when they beat Brooks County, mm-hmm. that gave them the inside track. And so their region champ, Brooks County, will be the two. And they've been putting 70 on people every week. Great uh, work for uh, Bowden and uh, Coach Finley up there in Region 6. And we talked about GMC Prep. Great story out of Region 7. All right. Those are the teams that are in. What are your surprises of teams that are out? Oh, well, out or on the way out or on life support. Probably the biggest one for me would be clinch. And talking to Don Tyson Jr. at the beginning of the season when we did Southern Swing, uh, he's got a very young team. And doing that in the region of doom in single A, just to give you a bit of a rundown as to how things are in that region heading into the last week of the regular season. Irwin and Brooks, you're one and you're two. Turner County, three and two. Charlton's at two and three. Lanier, Clinch, and Atco are all at one and four. So you've got three teams chasing after consideration to be in that four spot. So they've got to win and get some help. So you're looking at Turner and Charlton in the driver's seat for the three and the four. Clinch County right now, two and seven this year, one and four in region play. That's a team to keep an eye on. Will they make the postseason? Speaking of out, uh-huh. Lasseter got trounced by Alatoona, 49-17 to 17 on Friday. I thought it was close at one point. N- no. Okay. It was never close. Okay. I was getting texts for Friday and just cry faces. So, so we're going to leave the Decatur story for the for the end uh, mm. of the, so the end of the show. We will have a big tease about yes, we that. Will. Yeah, we will. <laughs> All right, there are lots of teams that are done playing. Yes. But most of the state has one more game left. Yep. Which regions have the most on the line? The ones that are in the blender. I'll give you a couple, and, and this will lead us into our, our guest this week, Coach Mack out of Jackson County. Let's just let's just take a peek at some of the regions that really are are in the blender, and what we mean by that is a lot of teams going after not a lot of, of space. 
You've got Region 6, 7A, 2 at 4 and 1, 1 at 3 and 2. You've got 1 at 3 and 3, 2 at 2 and 3. You have in, let's say, eh, let's say Region 2 Quad A to give you an example. Carver, they won. Troops at 6 and 1. LaGrange and Hardaway, 5 and 2. And right now, that's how that one's going to look. You've got Columbus and Shaw possibly, you know, trying to finish their regular seasons at, at 500 as well, but they would have to win. Then you've got Region 6, AA. You've got South Atlanta 7-0, and Columbia 6-1, and Lovett 6-2, Pace 5-2. and Right now, that's your four that are chasing that one there. And you've got... I'll just go, well, Ringgold and Rockmart, that's another one that we can get into. Ringgold and Rockmart, hmm. you've got two teams at 7-0. They're going to play each other this week. Adairsville's at 5-2. and two. North Murray's at 4-3. and three. Sonorville, Sonorville and Lafette, they're at 3-4. and four. So you've got six teams chasing after basically one, three spots, perhaps. Yeah. So, I mean, that's Region 6, 3A is another one for you. But the one that we want to focus on yes. is Region 8, 5A. Four or five teams Yeah, trying to... Solidify three spots, yeah. and Jackson County is one of them. Mm-hmm. Let's hear what Jackson County head coach Rich McWhorter has to say. Hey, Coach Mac, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. First, I want to say I am so sorry that we could not get you on the post game show. We tried everything, and I don't think technology was on our side. Well, we were working uh, frantically, also trying to get it to work. <laughs> I, I've I've done zooms before from behind my desk on my computer, but for some reason I couldn't get it to work on our end either. Well, we will get you on the show. I'm determined. Um, Well, the reason we wanted you on, of course, the big win and the 300th career milestone, 35 to 21 win over Greenbrier, Region 8 5A matchup. Talk about how it felt to get that win number 300. Well, it's uh, what it, what it did for me, and it really made me think about all the players and coaches I've had all throughout the years. You know, I've been stuck on 299 for uh, for a couple of weeks now, and of course, coming into the season at 295, uh, you had a lot of time to think about, you know, getting to 300. But it really it, it had everything to do with the people that, you know. I had a chance to work with the players, the great players I've had, you know, all those years down Charlton County uh, playing for state championships and winning region titles and having a lot of kids play at the next level. It really, and just the coaches I've had, I mean, one that right now everybody knows about is Jason Strickland at Ware County. Mm -hmm. He was one of my assistants for a long time. I had a lot of great coaches throughout the years while I was at Charlton County. And then when I made the move up here, uh, you know, we've got some good players, and, and uh, they're getting better every day, and, and we're competing in games that they've never competed in, such as a Greenbrier and, and, and a, a, you know, a four-point loss to Clark Central, a, a close game there, but and beating a Loganville and so forth. Uh, those are games they haven't won in the past, so I know we're, we're heading in the right direction as far as that goes. And then, again, uh, they've allowed me at Jackson County to put together a great staff and they give us what we need to be successful. So, you know, all those things, you put it all in, plus you stick around long enough, and you have administrators that let you run the program you feel like you need to run, and you're going to, you're going to have a chance to win a lot of games. But it's, it comes down to players. I, I have visited with and I've known so many guys who are much better coaches than I am and great coaches, but if, if you don't have – outstanding players and, and, uh, and, you know, that buy in, that work, 
to do the things you need to do to be be successful, then you're going to struggle. It really, you really will. But uh, I've been so blessed, so fortunate to just have such great players. I know we want to get into the, the Charlton stuff a little bit, but since we talked about 300, and I know Hannah will get into the Jackson County stuff here in just a sec, since we talked about 300, do you remember your first win at Charlton County? I sure do. It was against Brantley County. Uh, the first game I coached was the game before that. That was against Camden County in 1990. <laughs> we started the game off with an onside kick. Uh, the radio guy thought we needed to work on our kicking because we can't kick it. But it was intended, the very first play I was going to call as the head coach was going to be an onside kick, and we got it. Uh, we lost that game 13 to nothing. but then the next two weeks we won, just barely, but we won uh, against Brantley County and Pierce County. And after the Pierce County, I was told that there were, some, uh, there were some people that weren't real happy with the direction of the program, only three games in, and thought maybe I wasn't the right guy and I was too young for the job or uh, What's this so Midwestern forth. guy doing down here in Folkestone? Exactly, exactly. You know, I just wasn't, I just wasn't the guy for the job, and heard of some of that rumbling going on. Well, that year we went on to play for a state championship, lost to Lincoln County six nothing, and uh, won eleven games. And then from then on, we we just, you know, kept having great players, great kids, and great support, and it kept on rolling. 29 years at Charlton. John's dying to talk to you about that history, but I don't want to skip over what you've done at Jackson County. So, you know, four state championships later there at Charlton. We'll get into that in just a minute, You want John. to talk present tense. Go I want for to it. talk some present tense. Okay. So, Coach, a lot of people are focused on Clark Central in your region this year, but for those who haven't seen as much of you guys, tell me about some of your top playmakers and, and what this season has been like. Well, we got a running back named Trey Ranson. Uh, not a very big guy, but he is a great football player. Now, uh, Friday night, he had six touchdowns. He had 301 yards rushing. He had five tackles on defense. He had a kickoff return back to midfield, and he even threw one pass for one completion for 22 yards. So, I mean, he, he's a he's a great player, but we also have some offensive linemen that are really doing a great job. This is a good senior class I have. We have 21 seniors. My first year here, I think we had less than 10, and this year we have 21. Uh, we're in a brand-new facility, more on the west side of the county, uh, a little bit further away from the mothership uh, of, of, of Jefferson uh, High School. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we're kind of over here in our own area with uh, Brazelton and Houston and and we feel like that now we have a community, and that's our community is Brazelton and Houston. So that, that feels good. Uh, our school is growing because we're just on the edge of, of Gwinnett County, and uh, we have a lot of land out here and a lot of houses being built. So it's, it's naturally this, the growth is headed this way, so we're excited about that. Uh, so there's going to be good things coming. Um, we really had, you know, we came in uh, – they haven't had a lot of football success. Right. And we, we're still not nowhere where we want to be. But, but uh, again, this started with uh, the administration allowed me to put together a really good coaching staff, and uh, they do a great job. And then we, we just kind of went on from there. I was hoping that, of course, every coach you go into a new situation, you'd like to just turn things over right away and see the results as far as wins and and different things right away, but it, it took us a little time. That first year, three and seven, one thing we kind of hung our hat on was not moral victories, but the fact we were 
putting together really good quarters, and then we were starting to put together really good halves. And then we were able to finish that first year with a last-second win over Appalachie. Uh, you know, and that, that put us in the off season. And last year's kind of the same thing. We lost a couple games by less than, well, actually, I think we lost a few games by less than a touchdown. But we were making those strides in the right direction. And then again, this year, uh, we lost uh, to Walnut Grove by two, had a touchdown called back at the end. And then we lost to uh, Clark Central by four. Um, you know, and again, with 58 seconds to go, you have the lead, but you know Clark Central is explosive, uh, very good football team, and they were able to make make it happen and beat us. Uh, but again, we're we're close. We're knocking on it, and this Friday, if we can, if we win, we're in. If we win, we got the third uh, third slot in that in the bracket in our in our region, third spot. Uh, if we lose. Uh, we need a little, few things to happen. Um, I was going to say, I mean, I think like, you stole John's question. You did. You're looking at my <laughs> questions, Coach. I mean, it's like literally this region, and we have a term here that we use, and we call it in the blender. Basically, when you've got a lot of stuff that can happen with a lot of folks in a very short amount of space, that's what it is. Because Region 8, it's Clark Central. Clark Central, yeah, they clinched like, you know, back in July. And yeah, then you've yeah. got Eastside, Appalachie, you guys, Greenbrier, Loganville, and Walnut Grove. So that's six teams separated by two games heading into the last week of the regular season. I mean, realistically, you're probably looking at four for three spots, and you're a part of that. For those who, I mean, you, you've broken down this region, and it sounds like it is about as topsy-turvy as it gets, not just here for the last week of the regular season, but overall. What is the quality of play like for those who haven't seen it? I'll tell you what, it's really good. We're, you know, I tell you, I was real impressed when I got up here with the quality of play and the quality of coaching. These guys, these guys in this region, and this area really know what they're doing. They have some really good staffs, and and uh, everybody you play, you know, you better you better be prepared, and you better know what you're doing, and uh, because they uh, they will do a great job getting ready for you. There's a lot of good talent in here. You look at through our region, you're going to find a lot of, you know, down Charlton County, Class A, uh, you know. We had some kids that played at the next level, but it was all about speed. And up here, you may not have the same speed and so forth, but you still have people that can run, uh, run well. But you got some size. You got some guys that can, big old, you know, six five, three hundred pound offensive tackles and things like that. So, um, and everybody's got a kicker. Everybody's got a punter. You know, bigger schools. That's the thing I noticed coming from a smaller school up here is. Uh, you have a lot more kids to work with and, 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 and so forth, but it's just the same on the other side of the ball. It's like everybody said down in Charlton, well, you had all those great athletes. True, we did, man. That's the reason we won is because we did have great athletes. But as well as you know, as, as better than anybody, so does Clinch, Irwin, mm-hmm. Brooks, Turner. All those people have great athletes. Uh, up here, it's everybody has size and everybody is schemed up real well and uh, and uh, ready to go, and everybody uh, has some depth, and, and and depth is something that we've been working on that's starting to show up this year uh, for us that we have a little bit more because we've had a couple key players out. We were able to plug some guys in, and, and they were able to uh, step up and play for us. 
Well, I'm going to steal John's question because you talk about depth. <laughs> and we do this show called Recruiting 2021 where we have a segment called Make That Kid an Offer. And it's the most underlooked players that deserve college offers and, and college looks. Do you have a, a kid on your team on that depth chart that would fit into that category of Make That Kid an Offer? Well, Trey Ransom, you know, he's over 1,000 yards again this year. He was over 1,000 yards last year uh, playing on both sides of the ball. Uh, just he really pops off the screen, you know, but, but, you know, when it comes to colleges, college recruiting has changed. You can do a lot of stories on how it's changed over the last 20, 30 years, you know, with the, with huddle and, and so forth. And, and the way everybody is doing such a great job with nutrition and weight training and getting kids out there, getting the film out there through huddle, you know, Trey really jumps off the screen when you look at his huddle, but, you know, Trey's not a big guy. Now he's about, maybe 5'8 and about 170 pounds, but he's built well and he can really go. Uh, I, I think I think he would make somebody a great spread football team running back, uh, you know, Division two level, something like that. And then we, we also have a lot of other kids that Division three schools are really looking at. we got some kids that are doing a great job in the classroom, great job in the weight room. i got two offensive tackles, big old guys, well over 300 pounds, over over six three, uh, those guys are, are are doing a great job for us, and and also uh, got a couple of young defensive linemen that I think have chances to be be, be prospects. So, uh, I, you know, we got to get some coaches to come through our school. I mean, they'll go through Flowery Branch over here to the west, and they'll go through <laughs> Jefferson over here to the east. But it seems like they're passing us up. So, I got to get some guys to come in here and take a look at our kids and. And uh, we're doing like everybody else. We send the huddle film out and we send the information out. We just got to let college coaches know that, that we've got some kids here that can play and, and we need to start getting that going. Need to put those like lights in the sky, like, "Hey, we're over here!" Like, the, like a Jackson right. County bat signal or something <laughs> yes. like that. That's exactly right. Well, I tell all those college, all these high schools around us, when a coach comes in, you tell them now. Send them over. And tell them to come by just for a minute. Just for just a minute. Stop by. Would. All right, yeah. I got I got one more for you, and then I'm going to let John ask you about some of the things that he wants to talk to you about. So, final seating will all come down to next week. Another big region game against Appalachie. So, preview that game for me, and what will it take to get that win to get you into the better playoff seating? Well, Appalachie started off the year rough. He had some injuries, had some kids out for for health reasons and so forth. Uh, uh, that kind of that very end of the COVID policies in schools with the contact tracing and so forth. I believe Appalachia had to go through some of that early, but here of late, probably the last three weeks, I don't think anybody's playing better in our region than Appalachia. They, Coach Lottie over there does a great job. They run a wing tee and they do a, a great job with it defensively. He's got some kids that, 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 that look great on the look great out there on the hoof, you know, some big old kids that can run. And uh, right now, they, I think they're playing maybe best football in our region. So we're really concerned that, but we feel like we're playing good football also, and we feel like we're going to be healthier this week than we were last week. Um, you know, and I told our kids, you know, every Friday you get it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to to prove your worth and and prove your value as a, to this team as a football player and. And uh, we're excited about it. You know, it's it's about 15 miles away. It probably will take an hour to get there. But uh, that's one <laughs> different up here I've noticed also. Yeah. You better you better plan on traffic. And, 
but we uh but we're looking forward to it it's going to be a, a tough football game it's going to be some of that good uh football weather in the in the low 50s and so forth and 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 uh let the best team win and and we're excited about the competition we're excited that now we are at a point in our program no matter who we play we feel like we can compete with people so then let me ask you this with the almost 3 decades that you spent down in Folkston and now you're there at Jackson County. It seems like it's another opportunity for you to build uh, build a program in a way that, that you would like to see it, not just while you're there, but after you've retired, you know, in the year 2174, you know, when you're done with coaching <laughs> high school. Have you always thought of yourself as a builder when it comes to programs and, and having an opportunity like this to build another program? It, r- it rarely comes by. Have you always thought of yourself as a builder? But, you know, there's there's things in this job as being a head coach that people don't see that I really enjoy. You know, I love looking at film. You know, I'm not a big, long coaches meeting guy. I don't like to go over two hours. I know some guys will go two days on weekends. I We just try to do our work at home while we're watching college football and get together. And uh, But I enjoy that part of it. And, and I even enjoy, you know, seeing new kids come in come into the program and uh, building, seeing the numbers go up. We have around 40 freshmen this year and and things like that. But, yeah, I I really enjoy the building part. I mean, even the things where it comes, even getting in the equipment room and and dealing with that, that part of it. A lot of coaches don't like that. They turn that over to other coaches and other staff. But I, I enjoy that part of it even. I mean, really all aspects of it. Uh, you know, I enjoy. We just finally got our lockers into our locker room and our new locker room and our new field house and and things such as that. And the new weights came in, you know, in the summer. And so, yeah, the building part, whether it's the stuff you can put your hands on or just the building part as far as building relationships and with the community and with the players and with players' uh, parents and, and uh, businesses and so forth. Uh, but, yeah, all that, trying to make things better. You know, taking our booster club to another level this year, we felt like, uh, you know, was good for us. Uh, taking our strength training to another level, adding nutrition and, and, and to our uh, strength program and even add nutrition to our uh, – down in our field house, we have an area set up where when kids are before practice or after practice, they can grab, you know, all the drinks they want and the Gatorades, waters, and and uh, we got snacks lined up for them. So just, just – you know, making that to where things where you don't go backwards, you just keep building on what you're doing. I I, I really do enjoy enjoy that part of it. I, I, I think I'm too old to take over a new program, brand yeah. new program, but I can see where that would be exciting for, for someone. I was going to say, you still sound like you're excited about coaching after 30-plus years of doing it here in the state of Georgia. You still sound like there's that, that youthful enthusiasm is still there from the guy that we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation, getting that first win, coming from the Midwest down to Folkston, you still sound like that guy. Well, you know, it's, you know, a lot of coaches. I mean, there's coaches out there that, uh, you know, that really they enjoy golfing, they enjoy other things. I, I really haven't found anything like that. I mean, I do enjoy fishing whenever I, I can, but I don't really – look for time like that i don't really try to make time if it happens it happens uh you know i enjoy 
you know, Saturday morning, getting up after a win, preferably, mm-hmm. and going up to the field house and doing a little cleaning and doing some laundry and things like that. That's kind of is my hobby. Football is my hobby. And not first person I really heard put it that way was a, a, a good friend of mine and yours is Buddy Noble. Yeah. Uh, Buddy and I talked one time about things, hobbies, and one of them. He goes, you know, really football is it. And I said, you're exactly right. I mean, I have football magazines, football books, videos. I mean, those are things that when I have free time we do and we look at is, is that sort of thing. Uh, but I guess if the, one thing I have done with my family, uh, my, my wife and my two daughters, is with a football coach, your calendar is really set up for you for the whole year. You know when you have spring break, you know, and the GHSA, dead weeks and Christmas and that sort of thing. But we've always made a time to try to do nice vacations with, with just with us to really go out and enjoy things, you know, and get to see a lot of things throughout the country. And so, I mean, it, like I said, I, I, I follow you on Facebook and I, you may follow me also, but yep. when we get a week off, when we get a week off, my family and I, we're going to, we're going to head out and go do something, see something. So uh, that's really and you can do that as a coach. You can, you're always going to have those weeks built in, and those weeks built in is, is to me, is for family. And I kind of hate to see when people try to put all-star games and different things like that on those uh, those types of weeks because I think that's the thing where every coach, uh, young coach, I would tell them is, is hey, get that calendar out, mark through those weeks, and those weeks are are all about your family because. You know, and also involve your family, and and you can do that. And that's the thing I tell young coaches whenever they have kids: Hey, just hang on. I know they're in diapers now, but it ain't gonna be long before they're not. At, they're out here moving dummies and cones, and 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 going and getting us, you know, bottles of water, you know, and things like that. I mean, and when that time happens for a coach, that's really special. My oldest daughter used to be one of those. She was uh, she'd throw on the, the t-shirt and shorts like the players and be out there at practice and you know she loved my it. kind of uh, girl right there yeah <laughs> yeah so I mean it, that's uh, it being a coach you know it's it's really there's a lot of a uh, lot of really good things involved in that. Well, coach, thanks for hanging out with us. Obviously, when you when you hit a milestone, it's great to catch up and see how things are there at Jackson County. Obviously, with all the time that you and I known each other from your time in single A and double A down in in Folkestone at Charlton. Thanks for coming on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast with me and Hannah and letting everybody know what's going on there with you and your third season up there at Jackson County. 300 wins and counting. Congratulations from all of us. We'll be keeping an eye on a very busy Friday. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate what you guys do for high school football and our kids. Thank you now. My twins mm-hmm. are going to be just like that, okay. out there helping on the football field. At Jackson County? At, yes, at Jackson <laughs> County, actually. I'm going to call Coach Mack. Like i got a couple water girls for you. Yeah. And the second that they are eligible to be water girls, he will definitely uh, definitely have, have them help out there at Jackson County. It was great to catch up with him. It was. It was. And uh, we're almost into brackets. It's almost bracketology wait, wait, wait time. A wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before we get oh. What happened oh. to Decatur? Commander Sandy, what happened to Decatur? Oh, boy. I don't, you know, I don't know if they were looking ahead. Um, you know, Southwest Cavs a good team, and they had a great strategy. They, clearly, they blocked two punts. They oh, wow. saw something with I the punter. I did not know that. That they uh, clearly saw something Special there. Special teams, okay. And two pick sixes, which, so that'll... Wow. So it was a little closer than the score. They had a chance under a minute and pick six. Uh, mm. So, 
first loss yeah. of the season. Yeah, yeah. That so stings. now it makes that for stings. a crazy scenario if they should mm-hmm. beat St. Pius a three-way tie. I have no idea what the tiebreaker is. Yeah, so. the, all this math that you're talking about. So the region that we're talking about is Region 5. St. Pius right now at 5-0. and Decatur and Southwest DeKalb at 4-1. and So you need to win and get some help because of the tiebreaker scenario mm-hmm. there. And what that does is create a three-way dance with Pius, Decatur, and Southwest DeKalb. So you need to win to get to 5-1. and one. Pius would go to 5-1. and one. You really need Southwest DeKalb to lose. That would be ideal. To help out so, there. Don't so wish you're not, that on any team. But, but. but we're looking at it from the Decatur Bulldogs <laughs> there you perspective. Go. There you go. From there the Decatur Bulldogs exactly. perspective in Region 5, as a Decatur Bulldog mom, yes. we have to look at it this way for your math. Pius would have to lose to Decatur. You'd get the tiebreaker. You'd be at 5-1. and one. You'd be above Pius in the tiebreaking scenario there because of head-to-head. Southwest DeKalb is at 4-1, and one, and I know that you're looking at math there as well. If Southwest DeKalb wins, it's 5-1. and one, It's a three-way dance. Then there really is math involved after head-to-head, and so that way you figure it out from there. And uh, Lithonia and MLK and Northview, they're all 2-3, uh, and three, or Northview's at... Uh, a one and four, and Northview would need a lot of help. But Lithonia MLK looks like the the one that would get the four seed coming out of Region Five. But basically, you need a win and some help if you're going to get Region title again. And I just want to say, I was told there would be no math in this job. Yeah. So, uh, well, we did not we, sign up. This, this is the wrong week for that, considering that we got brackets coming Bracketology. up on Friday night. This is the this is the oh, moment so, that John so has see, been waiting for. I see for how this works. His entire Every life. single time that there's math involved, you I decide leave. not to be for the just broadcast. Conveniently, takes conveniently, it. just is like I'm out. I'm out Friday to let you do all the math, so I don't look bad. <laughs> I love the phraseology there. So I don't look bad. It's on you. I'm I see just how joking. this works. I am out, but that's not why. Hey, last Friday was a beast trying to get all these region titles, math standings. Yeah. But this Friday is the is, what is, is it. What is this with weddings during football season? COVID has rescheduled these weddings. And if I was not in them, I would not be going. But I'm in them. It's important. Weddings during football season. It's crazy. I know. That in the Southeast. I know. Folks I should know, know better. That's me. all I'm saying. Believe me. That's how it was with me and the boss. Yeah. We were like, okay, do we try to get it done in six months? You know, because it was a January engagement. We, mm-hmm. It was New Year's Day. So we were like, okay, do we try to do it in six months and have it in June? Because we all know how much of a log jam June yeah. weddings are. Or do we wait until, oh, I don't know, after football season and get it done there? So we waited until after football season, had it done uh, January 12th weekend. And so there was the, the extra Monday there for the MLK national holiday. So, I mean, my aunt flew in from Norway. I'm not. I'm not about to tell anyone else when to have their wedding. Listen. You're in the south. Listen. You're listen. in the south. Listen. Anyway. All Anyways. Night, anyway. We all night long. We were supposed to keep this segment short. We John. are. Buford and Decula is our game of the week for football Fridays in Georgia. <laughs> yes, when it Hannah is. will not be in attendance, and it is a region championship. Region that will eight, be decided. six A on the line. Tequila six and three, but undefeated in region play at five and zero. Oh. Yep. they've won five straight games. Coming off a forty-two nothing victory over Central Gwinnett. That is true. Number rank, number one ranked Buford's eight and one, also undefeated at five and zero oh in region play. Mm-hmm. They've lost only to Shamanad Madonna of yep. Hollywood, Florida, who is still the number two team in the Sunshine and then State. They've I might like add. Not given up any points since then either, except they, they gave up like two last two week. Two thirty 
and two uh-huh. against teams uh-huh. and five and zero oh since that loss. Yeah, I think they're slightly. I think Coach App and them are slightly angry. A little bit. Fun yeah. fact: This rivalry was resumed in 2020. Buford won it 35 to nothing. The schools have had not played since 1995. Before then, mm-hmm. as always, kickoff is set for 7:30 p.m. at Tequila's Baron Field, and, and will John have, will be in studio. Yes, I will, and it will be I, I, and it will be brackets and coaches and region standings and who's in the blender. And I'll try to avoid math as much as possible. And you might have mini games and tiebreakers on following Mondays. And so we'll have as much of that information as humanly possible for you all night long with Buford and Tequila yep. Football Fridays in Georgia last week of the regular season. And then the sprint to Georgia State begins as we chase after the championships. But no, Friday night, really, you need to get your sandwiches early. You need to get your snacks early. If you're not at a game, then you need to be just locked in place. Make sure that you have access to all of your your favorite drinks to make sure that they're not far away because there's going to be a lot going on all night long. So it starts at 7 with Recruiting 2021, kickoff a little after 7.30. I'm interviewing some top players from North Cobb, UGA commits, so Bulldog fans look for that interview. It just so happens a lot of our Recruiting 2021 interviews this year have been from been from UGA commits just because they're so loaded this year. Well, yeah, considering We're not doing that all, it on the re- all the recruits are heading to Georgia. <laughs> I know. That's why. I know. So look for that. Counting to kickoff will be at noon on Thursday, as always. Mm-hmm. Blogs are out this week. Don't forget to download the GPB Sports app to take us with you on the go. And follow us on social media at GPB Sports. What she said. Commander Sandy, that sounds like a show. I think we're out. So that means, let's see, for Jake the Snake, King James, and Commander Sandy, and you. Me. Yes, you, Miss Hannah, who's mm-hmm. in charge of everything here. I'm just John. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy the games. Buford and Tequila on our air. Enjoy your games. Don't forget to download the GPB Sports app available iOS and Android. You can watch our game while you're at your game. Post-game show after our game. So when the game is over, it's not over. We're going to let you know everything that's going on around the state. When it comes to the first round of the playoffs, it's going to be a fun night, and it's going to be a very fast evening. A lot of information in a very short period of time. For all of us here at GPB, play it safe, everybody. We'll see you next week. to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.